This short is brought to you by Lens Protocol. Can you talk about uh, you learning how to code and then starting art blocks? I think that's such a, a fascinating story um, that I actually didn't quite find online. I have I have difficulties. Like I, for the longest time, have been trying to teach myself how to how to write code and try to bring my ideas to life. I ended up just working with other people and making friends with other people, right? That kind of like complement these skills, but you kind of took it upon yourself to do the heavy lifting and, and teach yourself. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, I mean, there's there's various stages of that. Stage one, um, I don't remember what age I was. I think I was nine, ten. Um, uh, my my dad bought me a uh, so a long time ago on Windows systems there was a coding language that was built in called QBasic, which is just a very old like programming language. It eventually turned okay. into Visual Basic, which is still kind of used today. And he bought me this book for QBasic. Uh, or maybe I heard about it at school. I don't know. And back then there was no copy paste because there was no like internet. And so I would copy like line by line. I would just copy the text in the book into the computer console. And when you do that over hundreds of lines of code, you inevitably make a mistake. So then you have to go find the mistake by reading the error messages. And that's actually how I learned the basic, basic like root concept of coding. Um, later in life, uh, so I just kind of tinkered with it. I always, I was always the nerd with the graphing calculator, being like, play my um, choose your own adventure game that I had written, mm-hmm. which is pretty straightforward because there was templates. <laughs> Later in life, uh, when I got uh, Windows for the first time, there was this software called uh, uh, Visual Basic, which is like Q Basic for Windows, and um, I learned how to use it, and I got really excited about it. And I learned, I wrote a thing to to like pick lottery numbers, and then um, I was really into beepers, even though nobody ever beeped me because I didn't really have any friends. Uh, and so I wrote an app that, and I also didn't have a schedule because that was in like middle school and high school. But I wrote an, an app on my computer that would you would in the morning you would list the things that you had to do, and then like it would beep you throughout the day with a number. And then on the back of the beeper, you printed out your list of things to do, and you're like, oh. I need to pick up groceries. This is like 13 year old Eric, like really living a fantasy of like <laughs> the, the need for technology. Um, but I wrote this thing and it worked and it worked well. And I was like, Oh man. Okay. Like I, I got really comfortable with code at that point. I didn't touch it again until probably I was 30 years old. And that's when I um, started tinkering with creative coding, which is coding with the intention of creating a visual output, something that had never mm. crossed my mind before. And I started tinkering with that, really enjoyed that process, like really loved the ability to, and you know, as you might've heard me say in other um, sources, like I often find myself in life trying to create something that doesn't exist because a lot of the things that I want in this world don't exist. And coding to me is just this like magical portal because, okay, I can't necessarily make an iPhone case that doesn't exist. Although now we have 3d printers, maybe we can do stuff, but with code, if there's something you want to exist, that doesn't exist, you can make it as long as it can be executed using code. There's the sky's the limit to what you can do with that. And that's always been like really kind of mind blowing to me. Um, still, I would say total hobby enthusiast level of coding, um, until, COVID hit. And that's when I started, there was a, there's a website called codecademy.com. It's like 39 bucks a month, got you hundreds of tutorials. And I just went through the ones that were pertinent to what I needed, the full stack that I needed to learn and just dove right in. And and it took hours. I mean, I I went through the basic JavaScript course, which is a two-part course twice in a row. And that's something that I suggest to people that want to learn how to code. You can't do it once because your brain just doesn't register it. But if you do it twice in a row, which is like 80 hours, which just takes, I don't know, maybe like four to six weeks of 
consistent every night coding. You come out of that with a pretty good understanding of how to code. And that's how I got to the point where I could write um, not just like the Chromie Squiggle code, but the entire R box. What's up, guys? Thank you for listening. If you've gotten this far, then you are a champ and I owe you a free listener pin. Go to adamlevy.io forward slash NFT, fill in your info, and I'll distribute the NFT towards the end of the season. By collecting your pin, you prove your contribution to the season and get exclusive access to content, allow lists, and more. So be sure to collect yours. Also, please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. This helps me out so much. And finally, hit me up on Twitter at LevyChain. I want to hear what you're building, the latest crowdfund you're trying to complete, or if you simply want to chat. I love talking about where crypto meets the creator economy, and it's no different if it's coming from you directly. So thanks again for your support. It means the world, and I'll see you on the next episode.